Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I have a co-host here who I'm very excited is in the gym, and I will let them introduce themselves. Hey everybody, my name is Celeste Conowich. Uh, you can find me at a couple of D&D podcasts around the area, one in particular called uh, Venture Maidens, and I am super stoked to finally be in the gym. Yes, I would probably be wearing a Venture Maidens t-shirt if I wasn't currently at work. Okay, I'll forgive you this time. Okay, but we're going to tie back to episode 143, Divine Spotlight 8, Gond, which, surprise, you were the guest for. Yes, I was. That's kind of what we do every time. And that inspired me and Rorik to make DMnastics number 118, Gods Among Us 6, Tech Nonsense. So tech nonsense is a portmanteau, which is my favorite type of word, and that's why it is the title of this segment. It's an excellent title. Good job. (laughs) All right. Too much information. It's also the title of the Pandora station that has techno music in it. Oh, hey. I, I have been listening to tech nonsense forever. But we're going to jump right into it. Celeste, do you have someone or a post rather from the forums that you want to highlight? I do, yeah. So I was going through all of these and looking at the different gods. All of you did great, by the way. But the originally what struck my eye, like when I was thinking about gods of innovation and creation, I love the idea of duality. Like for every failure, there is a success. Uh, inspiration comes in different ways. So the one I want to highlight is from Fos, P-H-O-S. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, and he or they put together a dual god combination of Vicitus and Serendi, which are two chaotic neutral gods, and they have some cool symbology too. Vicitus is a vine with blooming flowers growing around a gear, and then Serendi is a flower blossom shaped like a goblet. And they are lesser gods, but essentially what they do is Vicitus is a god of like accidents, essentially. So every time a wagon wheel breaks or something goes wrong, uh, Vicitus is probably to blame. Uh, whereas the, the Serendi, the other one is more like if, you know, a piece of pollen happens to come in and land in a potion and you create a cure-all solution or like these accidental kind of moments of inspiration and success. So, but these two gods together still symbolize, like, even through things falling apart or accidents can be good or bad, it still supports innovation and the way um, invention springs to mind through either success or failure. So I really enjoyed those gods. I thought that was a really cool post. These are really good. It's like the gods of crit, hit, and crit fail. Right, exactly. And then combined together, you know, that's what creates something interesting. Oh, it's so good because I, I mean, I also like them together because you can also think of the idea. Um, if you look at our, you know, the world history, you know, a lot of people would pray and give homage to gods that were evil or mm-hmm. bad to essentially say, here is this, please leave me alone. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> go about their work. Um, so I really like the idea of these, you know, and I can think of these like very intricate, elaborate, dogma and systems that people would put in place to try and convince both deities to help them no matter what their task is. Right. And I I really loved this little flavor text in there about the technical specs. You know, they're lesser gods, so they don't necessarily have temples or anything, but most people keep a figurine of each of them in their workshop um, while while they're going about hoping for innovation, either through good or ill. So 
I enjoyed that. So good. What did you come up with, Neil? So for mine, I I had to go with K Dog the Legendary because that's an amazing forum name. It is, absolutely. <laughs> and they came up with Celiaf, which interestingly enough is also a chaotic neutral deity. And this one has the symbol of a bolt of lightning with the within the iris of an eye. And essentially they are the god of inspiration. And that's definitely where the neutrality comes in because that just is what it is. And they, their backstory was that they were from a literal brainstorm. I of love the god. that. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Of the god of knowledge. And that essentially, like, because of this renaissance and all of these like, new ideas and things literally sparking to life, they turned into a deity. That idea became more because so many people were finding inspiration. And I absolutely love that idea. The other thing I immediately thought of was like, do people know about them yet? Right. Or is this just a god that's kind of running around influencing people without like mm-hmm. being actually given credit yet? Yeah, that's and that's always a very interesting concept to like play into because you know, and it could be something that your players are like, I have no idea what's going on. Like we cannot figure out like there's this there's this blank hole here that definitely should have something in it. Mm-hmm. And essentially like discovering a deity. Could be a really, really cool way. That'd be super interesting as like a story arc or a little, little episode. You know, if this deity is finally like, I need people to recognize me or need homage or, you know, I need to be recognized. Uh, looking at what that might be in a story would be very interesting. It's me. It's me. It's I'm me. over here. Pick me. <laughs> Come on, guys. I've helped you out so much. Oh, that's so good. But with both of those out of the way, we're going to lift the mental weights right now. Pump iron. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Okay, so we are going to tackle making some techno-oriented deities. I always put name as the first thing, but I definitely don't feel like that's something we need to do first because that's very no, difficult. No, that's, that's always like the hard last step, you know? Like you come up with this great idea and then what is a good name to represent it? I think I'm I'm a more of a, a name last sort of DM. Yeah, which and then at the end of it, you know, in, in a presentation format, name is always first. Right. So <laughs> difficult, but... Do we have anything? I think alignment would be fun to start with. Do you have an alignment that we would want this deity? Yeah. Well, when I think of innovation or I think of, you know, technology, I really feel that is such a neutral sort of thing because technology can be used for good or for evil, but inherently as it is, it's just a a creation that exists in the world. And I think also principles of like math and science and the hard sciences going into something make make uh, these gods really lawful. So I'm, I'm really feeling a lawful, neutral sort of vibe here. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So power level, I think, will also help dictate where we go with it. I I say greater, because I'm not sure if there were greater ones on here. So I think we should step it up. Make yeah. Some, some lawful, neutral, but a lot of power behind Big, it. big honcho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that puts us into domains slash portfolio. So they are the greater greater deity who is lawful neutral of something. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started thinking about this. I know I'm not supposed to think about it at a time, but like immediately what came to my mind uh, was the idea of like 
math and sacred geometry is something like I've always been really into. Like immediately when I saw this prompt, I thought of uh, the geometer prestige class from D&D um, 3.5. Oh, yeah. So basically they use geometry and symbols and they see the math in all things uh, to be able to manipulate it or destroy it otherwise. So I got really excited about the idea of math specifically. I like it. Yeah. So yes, I love that idea. And I also love the idea of folding in the Fibonacci equation because then it immediately gives me an idea of almost having like this, the image of the person could either be like a tiefling or some sort of like ram headed deity. Mm -hmm. And the Fibonacci equation is essentially how their horns look on either side. Oh, wow. That's perfect. Yes. And then for their symbol, we can have that, that curling the Fibonacci and then that's, that's how their horns look as well. Oh, that's very exciting. Well, especially with, so the Fibonacci is often, I mean, it's a podcast medium, everyone air quote with me, and it's hidden inside of a lot of very famous pieces of artwork. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be another very interesting aspect to add to this deity is that that Fibonacci equation isn't very, or is very subtle. Mm. It's folded into the patterns of things that they make and it's not flashy because neither is math. Math right. is what math is. Mm-hmm. And so I like the idea of that being hidden into everything that someone would make while following this deity. Yeah, that opens such a cool door to have like secret cults that maybe worship this god or, you know, secret messages that they leave for people to find or adventurers to communicate with. So it opens a lot of cool doors of how you could uh, design these worshipers as well. And then, I mean, to take it to take it one step further with like the idea of this god, you know, the god it's, itself may be lawful neutral, but in that, and I think it's not. I, it definitely happens. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like I don't hear about it as much. Where there is a deity, and there are different sects in like following that deity, but they are like very different. Yeah, totally opposed in their purpose. Yeah, because you could have that hidden cult kind of thing, and then the other side would be, no, we need to share this with pretty much everyone. Like, we're figuring things out that everyone mm-hmm. needs to know, and this constant battle back and forth. Yeah. So for domains, I was actually thinking, um, talking about the Fibonacci sequence and sacred geometry, maybe a combination of, like, uh, I mean, knowledge seems obvious with, with math uh, itself, but then also maybe nature so there's an, a creation influence here because everything in the world can be defined through math or understood through math. So the god itself has ability to manipulate things based on understanding exactly what it is through like sacred equations or algorithms or proofs. That is good. I like it. Now, well, we already talked about the symbol essentially being like the almost this hidden version of the Fibonacci equation. Do we have a name? Okay, let's see. Math. <laughs> Math-related names. Uh, okay, immediately spring to mind, I have algorith. Mm. But is there maybe like a geometry thing we can throw in there? I don't know. We can cheat. <laughs> let's cheat. <laughs> it's cheat. It's cheat day at the gym. You only have to do 20 squats. Okay, so we're going to cheat. And in cheating, that means there's two specific techniques that I use when cheating on names. One is the ever-changing book of names because it just gives me stuff. Two, looking up words you know in languages you don't. And geometry in Irish is C-E-I-M-S-E-A-T-A. Wow. Symsiata? 
That's a very so, impressive name to put on paper. Yep. Simsiata it is. Simsiata. Ooh. We've, we've got it. I love it. Okay. So we've done it in regards to that. Do we think we have another idea in us? I think we do. So let's try and make another deity real quick. Okay. All right. You know what? I like the idea of going the other direction, going all the way down to essentially a demigod. Okay. So alignment. I got to go classic. Let's say chaotic good. All right. We're talking demigod. So somebody who maybe was a human and like got some god power or Mm -hmm. perhaps there are halvesies. I, yes, I like the idea of halvesies and... This is, if it's a dumb idea, you'll never hear it because it got edited out. (laughs) But I like the idea of calling them the fixer. Ooh, that's cool. And essentially they just go around and are helping people. Mm -hmm. Like that is the legend. That is the lore behind the fixer. They have mending at will all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. Just just (laughs) Just fixing things as they go. Yep. Finger finger guns, just like both of us did. Yep. (laughs) Bob the Builder. There we go. We've made Bob the Builder. <gasps> yep. Done. <laughs> but nope, like a almost like a armorsmith's mark, they could have like a hammer. Like a little hammer that they carve into everything that they help. Yeah. Have. Or like a or like a perfect wagon wheel or something in, in good working yes. order. Oh yeah. yes. I like it. And yeah, I just like the idea of someone that's like renowned but not that next level and they just go around and the other thing is that they have the ability to go beyond normal human means like something that is absolutely beyond repair anyone else would just throw it away they can just fix it and it's good to go i love the idea of this damn my god like having a workshop or something and having the secret identity as like i'm a watchmaker or like i'm a clock fixer and then he just happily is constantly fixing things and has this amazing skill and just travels around and but nobody ever ever quite knows how how they do it Ooh, what if they have like some intricate transportation method that they've also created yes turbo wagon yep they're still there like able to fix things whenever they need to but then they're out and about fixing around the countryside on the road yeah Mm -hmm. Okay, curiosity shop on wheels. Oh, that's so good. But with that, I say we've done it. We we've have. done it once again. <laughs> and I have the most important question. Where can people go to find you and all the cool stuff you do on the internet? Oh, yeah. So again, for those of you who missed it, my name is Celeste Conowich. You can find me on Twitter at C Conowich. Also, check out uh, the podcast that I DM for. It's called Venture Maidens. So you can find that on Twitter at Venture Maidens. We stream live on Twitch every Wednesday. You can find us all over the place. So check that out. I'd love to say hi. Yes, go do it. Venture away. Venture away. <laughs> and for... For us, if you have any ideas about technology deities in your own world, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com, or you can head over to Twitter where you can follow us at dmnastics. And for everything else on the network, you can always head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And with that, let's head to the light bulb. Light bulb. So today on the light bulb, I have a very special guest with me, and I'm just going to let them introduce themselves. 
Hey, my name is Rudy Basso. I'm a podcaster. I'm the co-owner of the Don't Split the Podcast Network, and I do a radio kind of fantasy audio drama called Have Spellbook Will Travel. I produce and I act on that. Neil was on it. He played a giant bug, as I recall. Yes, I played a bug and a like construction worker. Yes, that's right. Your classic blue-collar co- blue Neil. Yeah, it was great. Yes. So you should definitely go check it out. It is a lot of fun. And the episodes aren't that long. I mean, I feel like you can catch up. Yeah, great for binging. Pretty quickly. Yep. But that is not what we have come to talk about. Rudy, Mm. what Mm. are we here to talk about? So today I wanted to come on and uh, talk about RPG systems that make you a better dungeon master just by the nature of their mechanics. And I am super excited because I posted on Twitter recently, like, there are a ton of systems bouncing around in my head, and I am Mm -hmm. dead set that because of that, I am better as a player and the person running them by having all of those kind of mixing together. Because if nothing else, I can at least figure out what I don't like. Yeah. Oh, bare minimum. And the thing that I think really makes uh, a game that improves you as a dungeon master is games that give the players more agency over what happens. So uh, I'm going to give two examples. Uh, One is actually a system that has a number of different games under it. It's called the Gumshoe system. Mm -hmm. And with Gumshoe, every character has two sets of skills. Their general skills, which are kind of their fighting skills, And then their investigative skills, which are, depending on the game, it's like spying or clue finding. And the thing about the investigation skills is there's no role involved. If the character in the player can find a creative way to apply any of their investigation skills to something, then they automatically succeed. And as a, as a GM, this really keeps you on your toes because you always have to be thinking and improvising a successful, a reason for the success. You know, the idea is that these characters are experts in these investigative skills. And these can be things like architecture. They can be social skills like uh, cop talk, for example, if they have to speak to the police. There's a number of different ways that you just have to be on the ball and ready to be like, yes, that is that fits. That is uh, you succeed. And this is what happens. And that's something that, like, yeah, improvisation, you know, the better you are at pivoting and accepting the players and saying the classic yes and, the better you become a game master. Yeah, no, that is a perfect example. I feel like it also, I mean, lumping it in conceptually with the idea of that player agency with, like, Mm -hmm. the PTBA games powered by the apocalypse. But, yeah, the gumshoe system is used in a ton of different ways. I quickly looked them up to make sure that I didn't skip any I wanted to shout out, but I immediately thought of Knight's Black Agents. Ah, that's my my favorite role-playing game, Yeah, period. I love that game. And if you're trying not to stray too far from Dungeons and Dragons, there's also Lorefinder, which is very fantasy heavy. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ones. I mean, essentially your particular flavor, because of how open the system is, you can find it and kind of get a better or different vantage point of like how to allow people more agency. Yeah. And I think Kevin Culp is actually working on a fantasy uh, gumshoe system right now that's in development. I do want to shout out one in particular, though. Which is kind of, it's kind of a niche kind of subject. It's called Bubblegum Shoe. Mm-hmm. It's actually published by Evil Hat. And yes. it's a game where everybody's kind of a teenage detective. You know, your your uh, Nancy Drews, your Hardy Boys kind of idea. And it's really interesting because it's so grounded in reality. You can't just like hit someone with a sword as a way out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. 
You're, you're a high school student. If you fight someone, there are consequences. You are suspended. You are expelled. You really have to find another way to to solve the problems. And again, that, that helps you become a better player, I think. And again, it, it helps you become a, dun- a better dungeon master. You can't just fall back on the role initiative kind of uh, thing if you're in a pickle. Yep. And that was the winner of 2017's Gold Innie for Best Family Game. So definitely. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Check yeah. out Bubble Gumshoe. Now, the question I have, what is the other system you were thinking? So this is one that it started out as the Star Wars Fantasy Flight system. It has since turned into, I think it's called Genesis. Correct. Which is not the best name. (laughs) But uh, this is another one that gives players the opportunity to kind of change the scenery. So there's this uh, mechanic in that where you, you roll some funky dice, and if you you roll, roll several of what they're called advantages, you change this, you literally change the scene in some way. An example is, uh, say, if you wanted to kick down or shoot a door with your with your blaster. Okay, I failed the check. I don't successfully shoot the door down, but I gain several of these advantages, so something else happens. So I shoot it, and the wood splinters, and it hits the stormtrooper on the other side, and he's knocked prone. Or something like that. It gives, again, it gives the players ways to mold the situation. And then you, as a dungeon master, have to adapt. Yes. And uh, I love those dice. They take, they definitely take a little bit of getting used to. So don't feel bad that first time out because they are very foreign. But Mm -hmm. once, once you get a handle on it, it's just like everything else. And you're rolling dice as fast as anybody else. And the, crux of those that is i feel like the big skill that you can pull back into D is the ability to understand failing forward mm, because you oh, could easily yeah. fail and i mean utterly fail at the original task and still roll advantages so like mm-hmm. like you said if i want to kick down the door i have not kicked down the door if anything i've hurt my leg but <laughs> somehow i have gained these certain advantages <laughs> Advantage. I know that all doors are extremely hard to kick down uh, going forward. But yeah, I think that is an, another fantastic piece of advice is to check out the Genesis system. Now, the question I have is, do we know if they've made any settings off of it other than Star Wars? Uh, I think, yeah, the idea is that Genesis is setting neutral. So you can kind of do whatever you want with mm-hmm. that. I think it's just a core rule, kind of like fate. Okay. It's just a rule book you can apply to whatever your mind comes up with. Awesome. And I will throw out, because I absolutely love this game, Phoenix Dawn Command. Oh. Because it is going to subvert all of your expectations on what it means to play an RPG. Because essentially, you have cards instead of a character sheet or dice. And I think the big thing to pull away from that is that there are only three stats. So there's strength, which, you know, physical, essentially it's strength and constitution boiled together. There's intellect, which is, you know, intelligence and wisdom kind of baked in together. And then there's grace, which is interesting because they essentially took dex and charisma and baked mm-hmm. them together because it's social grace as well as how adept you are at doing acrobatics and things like that. So it's an interesting view of figuring out how to do more with the stats that you already know. And like working inside that system. And it's really fun. Yeah, I like that game too. Because it it is, in the mechanical sense, truly a versus game. You know, the players are going to try and beat oh, yeah. you. 
As a DM, you need to get used to losing. It's not the dice. It's the players who are beating you. Yeah. And you kind of have to get used to that aspect. So there's it's a lot of great learning there mm-hmm. as they try and build their, I think they're called hands. I don't know. It's called some, their spreads or something. Yeah. So it's a spread. There? Yeah. You, spreads, so you have yes. a hand of cards and you play a certain number of them to create an attack or defense spread. Yeah. Or a so. skill, skill spread. But yeah. Mm-hmm. The, it's, yeah. I had not thought of it in that way. But yes, like there's a lot of player agency on this, that, and the other. But when it comes down to character, versus npc it is very set numbers that yeah dictate success or failure but that's it i think that's oh. all we got for this one yeah absolutely so definitely go check out gumshoe genesis and phoenix dawn command and see how they can make your game better and thank you rudy for coming in and sharing some knowledge thank you neil for having me on and with that we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym But above all that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you to add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running.